our yonis tend to hold a lot of different kinds of stress. For example, cervix, that's the place that tends to contain a lot of deeper rooted traumatic emotions and feelings and limiting beliefs that has to do with shame and intimacy limitations, like we are not deserving intimacy. A massage and cervix in the right container, in the right ways, or what allows us to release those things. I'm Alexa, and you're listening to That Sex Check, a Soulfire production. Hi, everyone. Bryn here today interviewing the lovely Rena Trevi, and I'm so excited because she's a now two-time guest on our show. So she's back for round two, and I remember finding Rena, gosh, it might've been through Instagram or through like a friend of a friend. And eventually we found our way to her through the podcast where Lex interviewed her about more of like your background and how you got into this work. And she is such a wealth of knowledge y'all. And she has lived like a thousand lives in this lifetime, but we're really excited to have her back because I went through something really special with her on Sunday. I had my very first Yoni massage or tantric massage with Rena. And I want to share it with y'all. And I want to share what she does for men and women or however you identify. And Rena identifies as a vulnerability coach. And I remember when she first said that thinking, huh, like, what does that actually mean? Because I consider myself to be pretty good at vulnerability. Rena is really good at helping people become even more vulnerable and step into vulnerability. And her mission is to acquaint you with your own self. And she says raw and unmasked. And that felt so true because she really helped me to push my edges and vulnerability over the weekend. And she practices modalities that are a couple of different ones, like Shibari, which is Japanese art of rope bondage. And she is also into life coaching and does things like tantric massages. And today, like I said, we're really going to hone in on the tantric massage piece because it just feels really close to my heart. So Rina, hi, welcome back. Hey, thank you for such a lovely introduction. Um, such a pleasure to connect with you again and to flow with you in this one. And I'm definitely thrilled to share something I'm so passionate about and yeah, vulnerability coach seems like a good name that describes me all about for safety to be vulnerable so i think many of us are familiar with being vulnerable in the wrong time in the wrong place with the wrong people and i like to emphasize that i find it so important to learn how to hold space to actually do it right and so that vulnerability can be therapeutic and can be really empowering so true and i'm such a proponent of for so many people I'll get this question. They'll say, well, how do I find this work? Like my partner isn't doing this or I'm single and I can't find ways to be able to be more vulnerable or like find access to tantric massage. And, and my response is always hire experts, hire people that are experts in this field that can take you into these experiences safely. They have the understanding of the way the body works. What happens if you go into a trauma response? What happens if you need more support and aftercare and And you were just able to give me all of those things and then some. And so I will create a little asterisk and also permission for you as Rena, for our listeners, when we're going through talking about tantric massage, and we'll get into what that actually means. 
I give full permission for you to share anything about my experience because I'll do the same so that if there is context that comes up in this episode, we can lean on my experience for for the listeners. So yeah, I'm an open book today. (laughs) I love that you're just so open about sharing your vulnerable experience. That's very courageous. Thank you. Yeah. I remember having moments in the massage where I thought, I mean, it was, it really stretched me. It was a big, big edge and I've done, and my listeners heard me navigate a lot of stuff from, you know, working with dominatrixes and working at play parties and being in humiliation circles and BDSM workshops. And I mean, I've tried a lot and this was by far, I think my most vulnerable sexual experience yet. And yeah, I guess without further ado, let's dive into it. So can you start first with telling our listeners what is a tantric massage and paint a picture of how you even found this work? Because so many people may not even know that this is a thing. So I'd love for you to explain it and also explain how you found it and why you started to learn how to do this work. Yeah, the background is that I was really lucky to discover this tantric school in Thailand called Agama Yoga. And I was like 23 years old. I just didn't know anything about spirituality, tantra. Uh, sexually, I felt pretty repressed as I grew up in post-Soviet Russia and women were quite shamed for any sexual expressions, you just have to get married and procreate, everything else is not allowed. So I had a lot of repressed stuff in me and I was lucky to discover that magical island in Thailand where all of a sudden they showed me a whole new world. Like all of a sudden all this free sex, like meaning like pleamory, like play parties, but not just like going there without just any limits. There's a lot of wisdom there too, because they were teaching us how to actually make it work, how to do it right. And most important how to actually enjoy our sexuality and enjoy it in a more profound way, not just get off and get addicted to this, and but actually to really have all kinds of like deeper experiences uh, through sexuality, such as deeper intimacy with your partner, deeper connection to a divine consciousness, deeper awareness of your body and your needs, like boundaries, consent, like all of this was part of education. And that was mind blowing. I had no idea that any of this existed. And the first lecture during the first month there that I heard is that women are capable of having multiple orgasms. And at that time, I was completely numb inside. Like my yoni, well, yoni is the word for, it's a tantric word um, that came from Sanskrit. Uh, It means sacred temple. And that's the word that we use in tantric community for vulva, vagina, for cervical area. All of this is considered to be yoni, our sacred temple. And I've learned in the lecture that our yonis are capable of so much pleasure and so much depth and so much beauty and divinity. And while for me, it was just numb. It was just nothing inside. I could feel some external stimulation. Like I could have like a very brief superficial orgasm in my clitoris, but nothing inside. And that was really interesting to me. How come, how come I just don't have it? How do I understand? And that's when I learned about practice of tantric massage or yoni massage, where women get to actually explore it and it's really safest to do it with another woman practitioner someone who is skillful and can guide you into understanding your view yoni into understanding the different like pleasant points as well as like different challenging places and how to work through your challenges how to overcome them and transform them into bliss so 
all of this was really new to me at that time and mind-blowing. And I could tell you that within only a few sessions, it changed entirely. Like my sexuality has transformed. I got to release a lot of shame from my childhood, from my teenage years. I got to release all kinds of different limiting ideas around sexuality, around how it's supposed to be, what women should be like, what men should be like. And it just changed. It changed a lot. Not only my sexuality, obviously, I got to really learn how to fully be orgasmic and enjoy myself as a man. Uh, but at the same time, it was more about myself in general, the way I feel about myself, my confidence in myself, my way I perceive my vulnerability, I perceive my expressions, emotions, and yeah, just my relationship to myself changed. And that's how I've really got to appreciate this practice so much. And it took me a few more years to dive even deeper there to become a facilitator myself. I wasn't planning on it. It just happened to found me because in the United States, in New York City, where I live, there were no facilitators, none that I knew about. And I was thinking like, what What's wrong with that? Why women don't have access to this? Why there is no way we can practice this in such a big open-minded city such as New York? And that's how my mentor visited New York. And that's how I got to learn from my mentor. So I could also facilitate. So yeah, it's been a few years since I started practicing this professionally. And now I feel like it's a big part of my mission to train to show this to women, but also train more facilitators so more women can access this because mm. why not? Like, how come we don't have that? Why? How come it's not something that like younger women can know about? And I feel like these days the world is ready for it and the world mm. needs it. So good. There's so many things you said that I want to touch on. I remember I first learned about somatic sexology. So working through your sexuality, through the body and through emotions from Pamela Madsen, who was also another guest that we had on the show. And just immediately something inside of me went, huh, there's something there for me. And I know that every time I've mentioned this work on my platform, women do the same thing. They're like, huh, there's something there for me. And I think the piece that you named that so many women, myself included, and you included, resonate with is the numbness and this idea that we're supposed to, or have capacity to be these really pleasure-filled beings and yet feeling infuriated and frustrated and sad and disappointed that there's no sensation there, just numbness. And so I really resonate with your part of the journey where you're learning about like this capacity for pleasure, but then going like, wait, this doesn't add up. And I think that was one of the main reasons why I came to you because I've been in this work now for years. And yet I still feel like I've barely scratched the surface of what my erotic potential is. And it feels like a part of my birthright. Like I want to have more pleasure. I want to have great sensation from penetration or internal stimulation. And it just wasn't always the case. And this work seems to be really beneficial when it comes to creating more sensation and teaching women this really intricate, beautiful part of their bodies that maybe nobody taught them about, right? Yeah. So befriending it, like yeah, you don't even like go right away. I want more pleasure, but at least like just to feel it. What is it like there? What does it want to tell you? What is going on? What is the story there? And yet, yeah, ultimately we know that by nature we are designed to feel pleasure there. 
And yet the first step is just about befriending ourselves, about addressing, about looking into it, right? One step is to have a mirror and just look down and see it. That's a great step to take. But another step is to actually feel, close your eyes and notice what is it like when I'm touched in my cervix? What is it like when my A spot, G spot, massage? What does this all mean? Like how, how can I even describe those sensations when we don't even have language for those sens sensations? So I find it to be a very fascinating path of self-discovery to get to know our uni from this whole new angle to just be deeply intimate with ourselves to really know what's going on there and if we don't know, how can we expect our partner to know? Totally. Yeah. So what I'm hearing is some of the benefits are just more intimacy with yourself, learning about your body, eventually being able to communicate what you like and the different parts of you that feel good to a partner. What other, some of the other benefits as to why a woman would want to invest in a yoni massage? What are some other reasons you see? One of the biggest one is about releasing some stored trauma because our yonis are storing a lot and we are getting massage, acupuncture, acupressure, different specialists in all over our bodies, right? It's pretty common these days that people understand they need this maintenance. They need to like release tensions in the shoulders, like in our hips and that our bodies hold tension there. Like we get stressed and that's the reality of the world where we live in. We have certain times when we need to embrace ourselves, like restrain ourselves from expressing something and it's understandable and that's why different massage practices are helpful, different kind of body work to release those things from our body, to feel free, to feel like we are fluid and flexible. Our bodies are full of vitality, and yet we don't address our yonis inside. So our yonis tend to hold a lot of different kind of stress, something that relates to something very vulnerable, something very primal, like a sense of shame about who we are. That's the common trauma that is fine there. Once they once massage someone's, for example, cervix, that's the place that tends to contain a lot of deeper rooted traumatic emotions and feelings and limiting beliefs that has to do with shame and intimacy limitations. Like we are not deserving intimacy. We feel some kind of not radical, not acceptance of who we are. And this is what tends to be stuck in our cervical area and uh, massage and cervix in the right container in the right ways or what allows us to release those things to finally have a chance to speak them out shout them out to just feel it's just to notice like wow I have that in me let me connect to it deeper and there can be also different emotions of sadness different emotions of rage so yoni massage practice is something that invites all of this to light so we can actually not just chase, like give me more pleasure, but actually embrace what's already there and mm. have a space to actually vent this all out, shout it out, feel it out, cry it out. So this is an ultimate freedom to be a woman when we can embrace our femininity, not only from light and love and beauty angle, but also embrace that shadow, understand it's like our inner child that needs to be held, needs to be, needs to have freedom to actually be heard, to be understood, not to be judged, like why am I angry? I should be a nice person. But no, in Yoni Massage, there is a freedom to embrace even that, to mm -hmm. embrace the deepest hate 
trade deepest rage to understand that it was there initially for a reason and now it can have freedom to be expressed and released but that's when we become free from all these things that we acquired over a lifetime and possibly in past generations that could passed down to us, right? A lot of women suffered a lot of repression in the past generations and it's understandable. It was needed at that time to kind of make ourselves smaller in order to play safe and survive and pass life to the next generations. So now we have this privilege to actually be able to free ourselves from it. And once we're free from it, that's when pleasure comes naturally. That's when we are embracing Mm-hmm. in the way that it's just our birthright so to sum yeah. this up it's yoni massage is about releasing things that are blocking us from experiencing our full pleasure Ooh, i feel that mm-hmm. i feel that i released a whole lot <laughs> and a different mentor of mine you know always talks about this concept of creating space for the new you can't just pile on top of shit that's inside of you, right? If you do, you're bypassing or you're ignoring or suppressing this part of you that until you release it and feel it, there just isn't space for new. And so I think a big part of that, I remember I just went through the end of a relationship and it was short and powerful and we loved each other very deeply. And when it ended after, you know, several days later, I didn't realize, of course, the timeline when I booked this massage with you that it was going to be just days before I ended my relationship and, or days after, I mean, and I remember thinking, oh my gosh, what an incredible tool for a woman after a breakup, whose heart is hurting and wants to release a partner from her womb, from her yoni. Like that felt like such a big part of my experience was grieving through the somatic release of tension and tightness and energy of this previous lover inside of me. And that felt really profound. Thank you for sharing and being open. I can completely relate and understand that often we need to have that space to just just allow anything to come out of us as breakup can provoke a lot of things that are not even related to this person. It can be something about relationship to a father or mother. It can be something that... Uh, connects us to our abandonment wounds so all of those things can be processed and I can see that many women could benefit from having that kind of space to really process things like in one big chunk over the course of the massage also not to mention that in um, our classic sexuality we are so like entangled right we want to like feel our partner focus on them well in yoni massage it's all about you so it's also a chance to really be unapologetically yourself to not worry about like someone not liking you at this moment or someone is not enjoying themselves like it's really time to embrace you 100 percent so it's also a great Mm. opportunity to give it to yourself 100 percent without needing to worry about how someone else is feeling because if a skillful practitioner gives you yoni massage they can hold space they can take care of themselves you don't need to worry about them Yeah. I remember, you know, the day after, of course, all my girlfriends are messaging me, like, tell me about it, tell me more. And they wanted to hear all of these pieces of my experience. And I've been discerning as far as like how much I wanted to share and giving myself space to really just like be with it for a little bit before I started to share it more publicly. But I was sharing privately with a girlfriend the next morning, we had coffee together. 
And I was like, it was a four hour experience dedicated solely to me and my experience and my pleasure and my feelings. And I watched her like laugh and get really uncomfortable. And she joked, she goes, I literally don't know if I could do that. She's like, I, I've never had anybody give me that much attention for that long. She's like, I don't know if I could actually hold that. And I said, well, that's why these experiences are so important because if you're feeling like you can't be at a place of receiving, where else is that impacting you, right? It's not just sexual. If you can't receive sexually, that's gonna magnify, in my experience, that pattern is going to exist in so many other parts of your life too. Do you see that with them having a hard time really receiving? Yes. And this is one phrase that I like to repeat a few times during the massage, that this is about you. You're here to only receive for yourself. And some women just start crying, listening to this. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so rare to hear this from someone and why not infuse your relationship with this why not instead of just going on autopilot like you receive and mixing things out but actually create space for one partner only to receive tonight and then next night for another partner to receive and like really see how will it feel like to actually explore it in this way to actually have this little separation from like just the joint dance of intimacy actually to create space for just mm one person to receive and that's really vulnerable too because it's pretty scary to receive and to also be the giver because the giver is afraid of not doing it right and then the receiver might not communicate like one of my mentors Riva Roaring she teaches wheel of consent workshops and she says when you receive it receive it fabulously really make it great for yourself and so many people just struggle because oh my god I'm receiving like this person is trying hard I don't want to tell them like my boundaries or my desires so it's a lot of exploration into when it comes to understanding what it's like to just fully receive fabulously Mm, I love that receive fabulously. I can relate to that too. Cause there were points during my massage where I was like, oh my goodness, I'm either being quiet and I, I can feel like I'm holding back tears or that feels really good. But I'm all of a sudden feel shameful about feeling good and just watching myself have this entire experience. So I'd love to share a bit of the structure and really paint the picture of like what happens from the moment, like I walked in your door to the moment I left. So somebody could really understand like what are the steps and, and phases of this massage because I thought you did such a great job of easing me into it. And there were pieces of the, the massage and the ceremony that were so special and so beautiful that I'd love to touch on. So let's transition into like, what are the different steps? How do you take somebody through that experience? Yes, the experience of yoni massage does take time. It did. Yeah. <laughs> have a lot of time on your plate it's definitely not something to rush and it creates this very unique dynamic well maybe for some people are more familiar with this dynamic of relaxation and trust as opposed to passionate desire so in tantric school where i learned it from it's considered masculine approaches about getting kind of spiced up from the in the middle meaning like you you have a desire magnetism like strong chemistry like to do something with your partner and you're driven by that desire mm. so feminine way of arousal it's considered to be you are starting from a place of relaxation and trust you don't need to follow that desire even if it's there you don't even need to have it in the first place you need to have an intention to create a safe space of trust and relaxation 
And this is exactly why time is needed because we need to start gradually. We need to start by having a nice conversation, have some tea together. I like to do tea ceremonies, that's my style. I like to start from that and have a nice conversation, just feel more at ease and then creating some rituals. Rituals can be important in creating a ceremonial space. And the rituals that I do revolve around consecration. Um, consecration is an act of offering all fruits of the journey to the divine consciousness. It's about releasing our selfish pursuits and inviting something higher than ourselves to guide us in this. So it's asking it for guidance and protection. And it's an opportunity for both of us to surrender, not just for you, but you surrender into me, but I'm surrendering to the higher power because I don't want my selfish motives to take over. I want to be guided by higher motives to be more unconditional. Like I want her to get as many orgasms as possible. That would be not, it sounds nice, but at the same right. time, it not be a legit intention because it demands my own surrender that there can be any outcome of this and I will accept it. Because in the higher scheme of things, we don't know what's better for you tonight. So it's really mm -hmm. like humbling requests to surrender for both of us. So consecration yeah. is a verbal ritual that we do. We can have some symbolic elements. I just mm -hmm. have my favorite statues of deities where I can pour some tea on top of them yeah. as bringing their presence to us. So those little symbolic ceremonies have um they can take us pretty long way because if they set the right tone, they set the right intention. Totally. And also, we welcome personal intentions, too. There is a place for them. I like to invite you to speak your personal intention, like yours was about releasing, letting go. For someone, it can be more about relaxing. For someone, it's about trust. Or someone is about safety to be vulnerable. So we can all bring some personal intentions mm -hmm. to the space as well and then let this divine power take us into those places exactly how it needs to take us. Yeah. And then after that, we start with massage. So it takes yeah. some preparation, setting this set and setting. Totally. <laughs> Just like this, like space. And I don't think I, I realized like how much time was going to be dedicated to that initial trust and relaxation piece. And I loved it. Like I, it felt so good. And if I think about even on a date, right? Like if I'm with a, a partner or a lover that wants to just jump right in, even if you said like the desire is there, my body's actually not ready. Like it's just not the physiological signs are showing like we are not ready for penetration or anything even close to that. And so the first hour of our session was through tea and connection and chocolate and, and me sharing a bit about my life, you sharing about yours and us just creating that bond. And I thought that was such a beautiful part of the experience. And then, like you said, taking in some of those more ritualistic elements, like dumping tea on, I forget what, uh, that was right. Kiva, yeah. And dumping tea and then like speaking into what were the things I was letting go of. And I think I shared elements of, you know, letting go of not trusting myself, letting go of my past relationship, letting go of, of not using my voice. Like there were a lot of elements of like, I'm done with that chapter. So it went so far beyond this sexual component. And I think that's so much of what this work has showed me that it's always so much deeper than sexuality. <laughs> it goes so far beyond that. So we'd have the tea ceremony. I undress through like a really beautiful ritual you took me through. And then 
I lay down and I'm blindfolded. And I love that you share, you know, this approach of from the outside in, because I felt that you really took your time with me in terms of, we didn't go straight to Yoni massage. Like it's not for our listeners. Like, it's not like we had tea and then she went straight into internally massaging me. You spent hours working on me, my hands, my head, my feet, like every part of my body. So that by the time you asked me consent for that next step, I was fully warmed up, like fully. I mean, probably more than I've ever been in my entire life. I've never had that I can remember maybe close to that. My most recent relationship was probably the closest I've ever had to just taking our time together. But this was like at a whole new level. I mean, I've never had somebody spend three hours on me, my body and my response. For your relationship, by the way, it's something to remember and understand yeah. how we want to give it to our partner and how we want to attract the partner who could offer something like this to us. Like, it doesn't have to be professional touch, but just the intention itself. Like, let's take our time with this. Let's not just worship Yoni, but like, how do we touch the middle of the palm? How do we mm. fingers? Like, how can we give such loving awareness and attention to it. that's so important like the tiny details they create all this mm. magic happening I love that you said that because you're right there's there's a lot of people that'll probably never take this next step of having a yoni massage right with a practitioner but like you said how can you just be more intentional and the word that comes to mind is devotional like there's devotion when you're that present with their body and the touch that you're giving to that person as an act of love, you know, it's really beautiful. And that to me is like what sex and intimacy is all about. It's beyond, way beyond the orgasm. And I think that's what this massage really showed me. Yeah. The, the whole tantric massage and the tantra is coming from India and the India is all about devotion. It's about worshiping gods and goddesses. And here we are kind of bringing it to the human realm about, Actually, how would you treat a goddess right now? Like, how would you really worship her? Like, if this was the only woman on earth for you, there is no one else, nothing else. No one will ever be there. Just this right now. Mm. And really, even this imagination can bring you to this deep presence, not next moment, not next time, not next woman. Like, it's just here her and this is a this is all you have. And that helps to bring yourself a sense of sacredness to this moment and to really infuse every moment with presence not just when yoni massage comes no it's already starting like from the very first time you're meeting with the eyes then to the touch of her fingernails and then to the touch of under her elbows and like every part of the body is equal to sacred and that's the magic of this touch and it's not so much i actually haven't even trained myself fully in like full body massage that just comes with my intentionality and practice that I just want to give this person this full 100% nourishment connection intimacy attention and this is where this whole relaxation happens like just the whole body just finally can relax and let go and have a sense of trust and intimacy between one another without needing to have desire for each mm -hmm. other so mm -hmm. different level of intimacy that you can explore in such setting totally it's so hot just think, thinking about somebody that is in front of you going nobody else exists like this is fully for you you have my full attention there's so many people and i'll speak for myself 
I can't even tell you how many times in my marriage, like that was all that I wanted. I just wanted his full attention and presence, but neither one of us really knew, A, I didn't know how to ask for that. And B, he didn't know how to give me that. So live and learn, right? (laughs) I'm sure so many people can relate. And so many of us don't know how to communicate this need. And this is a very natural need, especially for a woman, like to actually just be like, to receive that full presence and also remembering my years of relationship how I would try to break his TV so he finally gives me this <laughs> now I'm remembering like how silly that is I couldn't just pick up the truth and <sighs> I don't think this person was capable of that time because he was too preoccupied with so many things mm. in his mind enough for that it does take some intentionality and certain spiritual practice to be able to be so clean in your head this intention but yet i'm really grateful now that we know we learn we understand of receiving it we understand how to communicate this with our partner and not to be ashamed of what we want because it's very natural it's very human to desire this looking to spice up your toy box yoni pleasure palace is still at the very top of my list for high quality sexual and sensual products Every time I go to their website, I am more and more impressed by their perfectly curated items. My husband, Jordan, and I recently received a brand new waterproof blanket that is in my favorite color, violet purple. We also received a stainless steel and rose quartz anal plug that is so sleek and sexy. Jordan loves when we use this. My personal favorite lube for self-pleasure is Yoni Elixir. It smells so light and delicious and is made with rose hip seed and jojoba oil. Literally, Every item I have from YPP becomes a favorite. I've given a cervix serpent to a friend for her birthday, Yoni Elixir as mother's blessings gifts for my soon-to-be mama friends to massage their vulvas and vaginal walls in preparation for birth and to encourage them to invite more pleasure into that process. I've traveled all over the world with my YPP waterproof blankets, and I consistently reach for my gorgeous glass and crystal toys for self-pleasure practices. It is an absolute dream to be working with a brand I was already so head over heels in love with. Should you wish to add Yoni Pleasure Palace to your personal collection or to help a significant other add to their collection, check out the links in the show notes to receive special discounts on your items. Let's talk about the communication piece because I feel that you asked me throughout the massage, there were tons of questions that you asked to help me name my experience and give more context. So can you share some of those questions that you were asking me that helped me to go deeper into my own experience? Yeah, the questions are about describing how you feel. And so many of us have limited vocabulary. We are not used to describing those kind of subtle sensations and feelings. And yet there is not only the need to describe them, but most of all need to connect to them to feel them more, right? And we feel something, but we can describe it, hmm, discomfort, okay, this feels good, but then it doesn't really give us enough understanding of what we're really feeling. So the point um, of this exploration is to actually build a bridge to our unconscious mind, which has more symbolic language. So our unconscious mind is like our inner child. It has a unique way of delivering the message of its feelings, its needs, So we want to kind of come to that level, that kind of language, like how would we speak to a a little one who says, "Mm, this hurts, 
how can, does it hurt? I don't know how it just hurts. Well, if you could describe, how would you visualize it? What would it look like? What is the texture of it? What is the sound of it? What is the taste of it? The color maybe, maybe it has some feeling there. So then we start like bringing imagination there and then imagination comes from our unconscious mind. And this is the direct link to our unconscious mind by bringing this elements of symbolism, we can actually connect to our unconscious better. And this is where all this trauma release happens by actually accessing this place of our unconscious in a very compassionate way, mm. in the way that we don't demand it or get out of here. I don't want to feel you or bring me more good things, but instead just trying to compassionately understand what's really happening. And the symbolic language is what helps us to just go through metaphors and mm. me as a practitioner I'm just trusting them like there is no need no way you can, can argue this is first her experience then she describes it in this metaphors in this way great let me just follow it let me ask more curious questions so it can bring us to the root of it to mm. that maybe it wants to express or say sometimes it helps to ask like if it had full freedom of expression what would it express? And then that's what helps women to release certain things they would feel ashamed to say or too vulnerable to say. And this is all about creating the space of safety and asking the right question and having a very compassionate attitude mm. when we receive answers. Yeah, I remember, I mean, I felt and saw so many different things from, I felt a lot of connection to nature, which was so interesting, like the different, parts of my internal like vaginal canals and walls like they I remember some felt more like the ocean and like there were waves and it felt more fluid and watery and then I remember the other side was more like a desert and it felt more barren and dry and I remember thinking this is so interesting I have no idea where this is coming from but that's what came to mind yeah it's beautiful that you trusted it yeah many of us struggling trusting what we feel what we see and this is a great process to learn and to trust and for you it felt like it was pretty easy that you're already familiar with the importance of trusting your unconscious mind and that's why the process was flowing so well so easy so far and deep because you were actually assisting me because you trusted this you were able to express you were able to be honest and vulnerable and expressive with your emotions so mm. that really helped us to have a smooth process do you remember there was one phrase that you kept repeating to me? It was a mantra. Do you remember that mantra? Because it, every time you said it, I remember it was like another wave of grief because it was connected to, I remember this was like I, I named earlier in the episode. There was so much in this process for me around releasing past lovers and this most recent one. And there was a mantra you said to me about something like, they were doing the, the best they could or they had the best of intentions. Do you remember what it was? Ah, yes, now I remember. So sometimes when you go through some kind of like challenging sensation in your body and you're not sure what to do with this and there is a need for reconciliation and peace. So what I like to suggest, and that's from Ericksonian hypnosis methods, that just giving it kind of acceptance and gratitude, that I know when you first came to me, you actually wanted the best for me. And I thank you for that. <sighs> so it's like acknowledging that that piece of you also had its place. 
because automatically we want to get rid of resistance. We want to get rid of numbness. We want to get rid of unpleasant things. So this piece allows you to honor that, that it was there for a reason. Yeah. And then it will let go of itself. So we don't push it away. We just acknowledge that it had its use. And then the final question is, what is the best thing that you, what is the most precious thing that you wanted from me? Mm. And the unconscious mind gives you an answer. Like, actually, I wanted you to feel safe. Like I created this numbness so you feel safe. Mm. Needed at the time. Maybe it was needed for your mom or for someone in your generation or in your childhood. At that time, it was needed. So just by acknowledging that, yes, it was needed at that time. And I thank you for that. There is no need to push it away. It let go itself. It just disappears by itself. Of course, it, tends, it, it takes a bit of authenticity in the gratitude, if you completely don't believe it. Yeah. <laughs> but even if you have like 20% of authenticity, it's already enough to acknowledge that. Yeah. That phrase broke me several times because I just remember thinking, um, it's so easy when relationships end to want to look at the worst parts of this person. And he did this, she did that. And for whatever reason, that phrase that you kept repeating about that they wanted the best for me when they first met me, like reminded me of the love that we shared when we first came together. And there was a reason why this person came into my life. And it just, yeah, totally. I, I even feel connected to it now. It just, it opened my heart so much more deeply. I felt so much more compassion and love and then was able to like really have those big releases where I just howled, it felt like. And that was so cathartic. Yeah, it brings about like safety and trust because we understand that nothing in this world is against us. Like everything initially has great intentions. Sometimes it can, you know, use some wrong mistaken methods or wrong things wrong just happen. But yet initially the intention was really good one and just to acknowledge that brings a lot of peace of mind mm. and then I would say then the next piece for me so the we had that internal massage and I forget the different word you use but like the first part was basically like you said it it wasn't necessarily erotic or pleasurable it was more just about like feeling the different types of touch and sensation and I remember that's where you really normalized for me the numbness and what was so interesting, and I was reflecting on this later after the fact was most of the time, not every time, but most of the time when I was with the numbness and you stayed with it and continued the stroke when whatever capacity that was, it changed into more sensation over time. Do you find that to be normal or common that if you stay with the numbness long enough, it will reveal something deeper? Actually, the first time I've learned about it was through Vipassana meditation and Vipassana meditation, this long 10 day retreats where you spend a lot of time just being aware of your body and your breath. There's nothing else to do, no distraction, just awareness of your body and you become acutely aware of sensations and you start like with your eyes closed, scanning your body head to toe and you spend hours and hours and at some point you discover, wait a minute, some places feel very active. Like there's a lot of sensations going on in my chest or in my jaws, but some other places feel very numb. I don't feel anything there. And um, then you can tell your teacher, well, I just don't feel anything there. What to do? And your teacher says, equanimity, stay equanimous with your sensations. Just, you don't feel anything. 
you just observe that and then you go to the next part and you go to the next. And then just if you're really able to have this detached awareness where you don't demand yourself to change, like I don't feel anything, I want to feel something, but you just observe, okay, it's just numb, it's fine, let's go to the next place. And then over time, you start noticing how it starts to reveal itself and how every part of the body starts to speak to you. And that was really fascinating for me to discover this. And that's exactly what happens in our yoni massages too, that some places might feel numb initially and some places might feel painful in our natural tendencies to avoid both of them like this. It shouldn't be painful. It shouldn't be that. And the point here uh, for me as a practitioner is to bring you to the place of equanimity and my own spiritual practice is what helps me to create the energy of equanimity around us that so I don't only verbally guide you, I guide you with my whole being because I'm experienced in equanimity. I do it as my daily practice. My Vipassana is there for me every morning and I go for retreats. So I cultivate that state of awareness, unconditional love, equanimity. You can call it unconditional love. It's more a devotional word, more like kind of Gyani or scientific word would be equanimity. It's being just detached and open for any experience that wants to come through. Mm. And that, that's what transforms it. We don't transform ourselves by pushing our way through. We are transforming it when we are being equanimous. Yeah, gosh, that feels so true. Because I really, I had no expectation and no, I, I really didn't know what was happening next. And so it really allowed me to be fully surrendered and fully present with, okay, I'm just numb right now. But I was so surprised by how most of the time the numbness shifted because that felt really new. And most of the times when I'm with lovers and something feels numb, my previous response would be like, just moving on. Like, oh, I don't feel anything there. Let's move on. And now it's like, well, wow, what would be possible if I just allowed myself to stay in that numbness just a little bit longer? Yeah. It takes a special kind of lover for to be so patient. And it oh. takes you patience towards yourself. And of course, mm-hmm. sometimes in life, we need a more quick fix. We just want to move on to what's familiar right. and pleasant. Great. But there yeah. are times when we want to dive deeper and we want to explore something new. And what's what it takes to have some patience and some time for that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and normalizing. Like, I mean, sure. Would it be ideal for me to have four hour tantric lovemaking sessions every time I had sex? Amazing. That would be so great, but it's just not possible. And so, yeah, sometimes the quickies are fantastic too. And for me, what I really took away from this experience was like, what if once a month, right? One to two times a month, we set aside time, just like you named earlier, where my only job is to give a massage like this to my partner. And then vice versa, his only job or her only job was to give a massage like that to me. And like what would be unlocked in our relationship and our connection and how powerful that is. Exactly. And you can also do it to yourself. And I'm also disciplining myself to give it to myself because I know it's so easy to get distracted. Uh, But I schedule, I need to put on my schedule. Otherwise I get distracted and I definitely need it. I try to go give myself every two weeks, my own yoni massage. I love that. Great practice. I just... I give myself exactly three hours. I put all the candles there, all the incense, all the music I love. And then I have all this oil to really touch myself with the same awareness that I give to my clients. Because yeah. often it's easy to bypass yourself mm-hmm. and 
impact only on the other person. So I highly recommend women to actually be your own best lover to start with. Get some inspiration, of course, somewhere, but then yet see how can you offer this to yourself. Like you want to have more like nourishing connection to your body, more patience, more love, like touching your scars in a way that you feel the most precious things mm. and being really soft and tender will try try to do it to yourself i know of course we are meant to be in a community as human beings and yet there is a lot that we can give to ourselves i love that thank you for that reminder it's so it's almost programmed in me i forget to go oh yeah i can give all of this to myself is it different yes but is it just as beautiful absolutely and some of my most precious moments were couple months ago, I was celibate for, it was like three or four months. And I, I would schedule those sessions for myself. And then you get into partnership and then you forget about your practices and I fell away from it. And so this is a great reminder for me that I get to give that to myself as well. Yeah. So I, I know some of our listeners are familiar with crystal wands. Do you recommend for to give yourself a yoni massage? Do you recommend women use their hands and their fingers? Do you recommend wands? What would that look like if they were just starting out? I like wands. I experimented with different shapes. I also found that different women like different shapes. So I recommend you to explore and find whichever one you can use to reach all of your yoni. Mm-hmm. So you can actually go from part to part, like, oh, how does it feel on this wall? How does it feel on this wall? How does it feel in the center, deep down, or a little shallow up? So you can start exploring different places and you don't need to rush right away for something pleasant and familiar, but just have a time to say hello to you. And you're like, oh, hello, how does it feel here today? And that's why I like the one that has like little wave, little kind of, so I feel like I can like rotate it in different ways. And then at the same time, I want to have a good handle. So if I need to give like a more repetitive like strokes around my cervical area, then I, it's easier for me to hold without my wrist getting too tired. And mm. obviously, yeah, it's much easier to do for another human being to give this to me. And yeah, there is a lot that I give to myself. So it's a very yeah. special experience to have this feedback loop to see what my yoni says and where the desire comes from too. Does it come from some? old habit that I'm used to receiving in this way or am I actually actively listening to myself and that's a big one because many of us just go on autopilot and just kind of have a familiarity that wow I'm usually liking it on my g-spot so let me just do the same and I will tense up my body in the same way and I will do the same moves and it's good to have that space where you can be aware and question where is your touch coming from are you actually being present because none of us want to have a lover who will just find aha this is what makes clicks with her i will just do the same thing now we don't want that we want to have someone who is present who can discover something new at this moment so see how you can offer it to yourself that Mm -hmm. self-discovery and massage is a great thing and i recommend all women not to just opt out for masturbation and the classic kind of get off moves and just be done with this but actually create space for self-discovery and to see what you can learn about you and each time you connect with that yeah oh, so true and that's I would say like one of the last I mean they're going to probably keep coming for months and months these like aha moments or lessons from this time we had together 
because I'm still very much still processing. It's only a couple of days old, but I will say one of the biggest takeaways too, is also the clarity of like, Ooh, this touch feels good. This touch is, doesn't do much for me. And like this stroke, cause you would change up different strokes. You would stay with different strokes for a while. So it had enough time to actually sit with like, Ooh, I like this repetitive motion or like you would compare them. Like, which one do you like better? This one or this one? So I had space to just name what I liked. And then from there, you actually named the different parts. So like my G spot, when you were on my G spot, you were like, okay, this is your G spot. And I'm going to do this and we're going to stay here for a bit. And so I got to just be with that. And then eventually like leading all the way up to, we did the A spot, which, you know, admittedly, I didn't even know. I was like, I didn't know this was a spot. I knew about the G spot. I knew about the clitoris. I knew about the cervix, but I was like, wait, A spot. This is new to me. And I turns out I love the A spot. So can you say a little bit more about what the A spot is? Cause women listening and men have no idea. Yeah, that's great to name certain things. Of course, it's not like unique like names for all of them. We try to give them the best names. So this is the tantric tradition where I've learned those names from. And I feel like they're pretty well describe our yoni and give us a sense of a map. Like A spot is right um, above cervix and further than G spot. So G spot is right at the entrance. Like if you imagine like putting your finger like this and it's right G spot, but if you want to go a bit further, that's A spot. So as far as you can reach on the upper wall of your vagina, basically. And the A spot, the name comes from the word Amrita. And it's a tantric name for a nectar of the goddess. I really Mm. like that. It's really beautiful because we have so many words that already have like some kind of like dirty connections to them yeah. well yoni it's really sweet and amrita the nectar of the goddess wow it's magnificent why they named it nectar of the goddess the reason is because that spot is also responsible for squirting or female ejaculation it's considered to be a very sacred liquid in tantric traditions like men in ancient texts it's even described that men are supposed to like bath themselves in that liquid like put oh wow because it smells good it feels good so it's considered to be like very special sacred liquid it also considered that it comes out only when you deeply surrender so uh-huh. it, it doesn't come naturally anytime you just massage it it comes when you so deeply open up and relax that's why that's the last spot that we usually massage is a spot g spot a spot they're actually in the same wall g spot is just a bit closer to the entrance so some women prefer more g spot some women prefer more a spot because we want to keep in mind that bladder is also there so it can create certain sensations around it and we all have a bit different anatomy around our a spot g spot and our bladder so that's why it's good to experiment and see oh i like more g spot i like more a spot both of them have a potential for squirting female ejaculation for Amrita to fully like blossom from our yoni. So this is one of the example of a name, which I feel like it's a great idea to name it like this. And yeah. it's also case. So there are like different um, spots that were named differently. K is for Kundalini and Kundalini is related to root chakra. So that's from the entrance down actually towards perineum. This yeah. is the root, the stability, the security, more grounded kind of touch, like A is more watery, fluid, like water comes out from it, while um, K is more like from the entrance down, and it's more about being rooted, grounded, relaxed, and the orgasm that comes from it is more about like deep 
sense of safety and rest. And that's mm-hmm. one reason we go for case spots as a first place to go. So I feel like it's helpful to have this knowledge about ourselves to actually notice that it's not so uniform too, because different women have different variations of those feelings and why not learn more about yourself how does k feel in your body how does cervix feel in your body you can massage cervix from one side or you can massage from the other you can massage it from up down from down up you can stroke it more strongly you can stroke it very gently and why don't you learn and notice how your body responds to those touch and how it changes over time because the way it feels first few minutes is different than it feels after 10 minutes of constant rhythmical stimulation totally oh my gosh I remember towards the very end I think it was just for me I'm almost positive it was my cervix that was being stimulated and normally like if my cervix is touched too quickly it's painful or completely numb and so to have that as my baseline of like how I've felt for a long time of like, huh, the cervix, I, I've read that it has all of these nerve endings and it's connected to the vagus nerve. And it's this like deeply heart-centered part of your yoni and then frustrated because I think I've had maybe one or two cervical orgasms ever. And to go from that to like our massage where I was like, I am literally this close to just exploding. It felt so good. And so that was such a wild experience to be like, oh my God, this part of me that previously felt nothing can feel like this. How crazy is that? So I loved hearing that it just, it can take time and different strokes and patience. Cervix needs patience. That's the one that demands more time. And that's why it's rare for women to be able to experience that. And that brings me to a topic of what is this massage for men like? Because yeah. Compatible lover to be able to create this magic. And for man, the first thing that comes, uh, the obvious one is that he needs to be able to last longer. <laughs> because yeah. would you have cervical orgasm if he lasts only 10 minutes? No, man has to be able to last longer and not just to do it like I brace myself so my lover is happy, but actually enjoy lasting longer, enjoying the process more than the results and so not to chase ejaculation, but actually enjoy the process of being intimate and actually also discover certain ways of connecting to different energetic centers in his body because it's not only women that are multi-orgasmic men are capable of receiving all kinds of um, energetic orgasm all kinds of sensations all over their body like having their nipples be more sensitive having all kinds of new sensations and it's great for men to also open up to this path because so many men are learning from porn and they just like go really mechanically and just very superficially with a woman and it's great for men to be able to start exploring, huh, what is the new ways I can receive pleasure? What are the new ways I can have orgasm without needing to ejaculate? And that can be a great breakthrough for a guy to be able to have a non-ejaculatory orgasm. And that's a great gift for a woman because when a woman has a lover who is not attached to that end result, we can actually enjoy the process of cuddles, of like gentle lovemaking and just different positions like long stimulation, low rhythmical movements, because that's what relaxes our nervous system when we go in the same rhythm and just keep going, keep going without changing and switching all the time. Mm-hmm. 
really, I feel like it's just as needed for women. Same, similarly, it's needed for men to discover new angles, new ways of approaching their sexuality. Yeah, it's so powerful to rewire what we've been taught. Like you said, taking orgasm off the table and just really being present and focusing on strokes and the sensation on your skin and what different parts that just normally aren't touched. You would say that to me, you're like, this part doesn't normally get touched. And so you would actually like bring that forward so that I could focus on like, huh, you're right. Okay. What does this feel like? And it's not just for Yoni owners, it's for penis owners too. So I love that you made sure to name that. Yeah, lingam is a, it's a complementary word for penis, like the Sanskrit words that we, they use in tantric community. And they sweet words because they don't have so much baggage attached to them. They have a certain sense of secrecy because there is a linga puja, like a worship of the lingam. So there is like a lot of symbolic representations in Hindu traditions. So that's what gives the sense of sacredness to our genitals. And that's one reason it's, I find it's really sweet to use these words when it comes to tantric body work. Mm, so good. So tell me, how does one go about hiring someone who is into and wanting tantric massage, whether it's lingam or yoni, what should they look for when hiring a practitioner? Because mm-hmm. I imagine you find the wrong practitioner of this work and it could cause a lot of damage. You know, you really want to trust and vet the person that you were doing this work with. Yeah, it definitely helps when you are in the community and you already had, you already know some friends who already experienced something with this person. And yet I feel like the best compass is your intuition. It's really trusting your gut, like taking your time and just feeling because your body really knows if you feel like a sense of openness, expansion, and then it's a good intuitive. Mm. Yes. And also it's important to know that you don't have to sign up for everything right away. You can always stop. And if you really have this long process, because I believe that Yoni and Linga massage, they have to take time. You can always tune into yourself and notice, even if initially it was fully yes, if halfway through you just don't feel like your body responds well or something is off, then you can always opt out and decide, I'm not going to continue now because it just doesn't flow. And it did happen to me once. I just felt like the practitioner was way too attached to my success and that mm-hmm. was interfering. So it's a very subtle thing, which is really interesting. But if you, you your body really feels when your body starts to close, 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 close. Yeah. yeah. You just don't push through it. You don't ever believe that this person knows what's best for you. I feel like that's the biggest advice I can give. Don't ever idealize, idolize someone. Don't put them on pedestal. They are another human being who is doing their best. And it's only you who knows what's best for you. So don't ever go through the process in the spirit of, I just need to make it happen because this person is the doctor and they know what's best. Like, and this is a very intimate, subtle process. And you just want to constantly check in with yourself, trust your own intuition, but also trust your intelligent guidance so you can evaluate certain things in a more intellectual level and as well as your spiritual guidance, your intuition. Mm, I love that. I'm such a proponent of that. Of Like you are your own guru. Do not give all of your power away or understanding of your body to someone else. They're there to, to teach you and to mirror things, but you ultimately have the best understanding of 
what you need. It's just finding good practitioners that can direct you to your, your path home back to yourself. So I love that you named that. And I mean, I, like I said, I learned about this work years before I was ready for something like this. I had to work myself up for an experience like this. And then one day I knew I was ready and there you were, you appeared in my life so divinely. So it was like, okay, the timing, it presented itself when I was ready. And so there may be many people that are listening to this thinking like, huh, this is just the light bulb, right? That goes off. And there may be years away versus somebody that listens to this today and goes, oh, I am ready. I've been looking for something like this, whether it's to release trauma, release an ex-lover, get clear on your voice, help with sensation. Like there's so many benefits. And I, I hope that that was really clear. For me, it was so powerful and so worth it. And I don't take this experience lightly. It was a really beautiful, but powerful experience that I, I took really seriously. And I think you did such a great job of holding it with such high reverence. So yeah, thank you. And it's great that you take this seriously as well as the integration part to the um, the experience can bring you to a very joyful place, but yet it can provoke certain things that you need to process afterwards. So it's important that you have some space for yourself after and that you, if you're surrounded by people, that you're surrounded by a good support mechanism, mm-hmm. that you're not alone in your integration in case it's challenging. I like to give my best support and yet I cannot be there most of the time as well. So it's good to have a good community, good support group, like, and also not to judge the experience if something heavier comes next day it doesn't mean that it's been a failure just just be patient with yourself see what it leads you what it wants to say because perhaps it's just the continuation the process doesn't end exactly where the three four hour massage ends. sometimes it just takes a little more time afterwards so it's good Mm. to have some understanding about the integration and treat it just like a psychedelic integration i find that there's a lot of similarity between psychedelic journey and yoni massage journey and it's important to treat the integration with similar respect and similar wisdom um it's just like even meditation retreats. Sometimes I have 10 days of meditation. I come home feeling so broke and it's not mean that mm. my meditation failed. It just means that I have, it's the dark night of the soul that is continuous. And it's not that, you know, the process is over when the time is over. Our whole life is our right. journey. And it sometimes it's just the, the arc is a bit bigger than we initially we wanted to like this but it actually can take take you much further so it's good to be wise and learn a bit generally about what is integration all about how is that how do we create self-landing and how to surround ourselves with people who can hold us in some vulnerable places too mm-hmm. we need community we need intimacy in our life and it's our job to surround ourselves with such people so, so true. I'm so glad you brought that last piece up. I, uh, after our massage, I mean, I told you, I was like, I'm going to go get Thai food. I ordered like four things off the menu. I was ravenous. I ordered like everything I could think of that made my heart happy. So I really just like followed pleasure afterwards. And this is 4th of July weekend. And so everyone's out and partying and, and celebrating. And I'm like, no, I'm going to honor myself. I'm going to honor my rest. I got a bunch of delicious food, sat on my couch, watched a really heartfelt TV show and just went to bed. And that's what my body needed. And I really honored that. 
And I connected. I'm very lucky that I have a strong community of people to support me, but I really felt afterwards the connection to something higher, something greater than myself. I felt so cracked open after that experience, very similar to how I felt after a really intense breathwork journey or a psilocybin journey where I'm just like rewired, open, soupy. And so I love that you named that because it felt very parallel to me of like, huh, my nervous system feels rewired. It feels light. It feels open. It feels malleable would be another great word to describe. Like I felt just very like open to the world and that's a delicate state to be in. So I love that you named integration being so important. It's beautiful that you're so wise about protecting that delicate space. Yeah. Yes. Tell me, Rena, we've talked about so many incredible things. Is there anything else that you feel is important to mention for our listeners about this work that we haven't gotten to share yet? Hmm. What comes to me is that this work is a model for self-love. Hmm. And that work is also a model for what kind of love we want to accept from the world. Hmm. Right. So that feel like one of the biggest benefits of this work is that you learn how to set the bar high. And that's a great thing. Sometimes there's also fear like, oh my God, I felt so good. How can anybody else do this to me? But no, don't worry. There is no scarcity of that. Once you set your bar high, you will attract that kind of relationship, that kind of way to be treated. Like even if you have existing partner that will really change the way you already relate in uh, within your relationship structure and uh, it's a great reminder that you know ultimate love starts from self-love and by creating that opportunity to love your vulnerability to love your vulnerable pieces you're actually inviting this into your world in many different ways that's one biggest reason i feel so passionate about sharing this work to actually be able to learn myself and to teach others how to love ourselves deeper how to learn ourselves and our light pieces and our dark pieces so we can have a holistic life like tantric massage is about holistic experience within this realm of massage treatments but generally it's the whole process of yoni massage tantric massage teaches us you know how to have your whole life infused with that energy so mm. this is my big inspiration to share it with them that's so sweet. I love ending on that note. It feels so true and tender. And it is so easy for me at times to go, how is this ever going to translate into a partner? But you're right. It does. It just, it creates such a high bar for self-worth and self-love. Like this is what my body deserves. This is how I enjoy touching myself, how I want to be loved. And it starts with me. And so I just love that you brought it back to, to self and vulnerability and um, you're such a gift. Thank you so much for being this light for our community, for our listeners. You're so good at what you do. And yeah, I wish there were more of you, but for those of our listeners that want to find you and to work with you, because I know there's going to be so many people that want to connect with you. How can they do that? What's the best way for them to find you? My website, vulnerabilitycoaching.com, very easy to remember. And I described different offerings I have there. So that's the easiest way to find me and reach out to me through a contact form. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I can't say enough great things. So thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you and the work you do so much. And until next time.
Okay, thank you so much for having this deep respect, admiration, understanding that definitely makes me want to evolve more and practice more of that thanks to people like you and mm. really happy with each other. Exactly yeah. the right Truly. <laughs> thank you so much, Rena. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. If you loved it, be sure to subscribe so you never miss a new episode. And if you extra, extra loved it, make sure to leave a five-star review. I'll see y'all next week.